0: What's going on family? It's your man Gerard Bonner of Bonner Fide Radio And this is On Course with Hart Ramsey And we call these sessions Heart to Heart It's your opportunity to hear from the heart of God by way of the man of God And of course that is Pastor Hart Ramsey Pastor Hart, how are you sir?
1: Doing well Gerard, I'm doing
0: well, well. Good, good, good. All right. So what I like is on occasion we get input and questions and topics from our listeners. And so we're going to start this one with a question, uh, two questions. We'll start with that from one of our listeners. This is uh, Tracy Buckner out of the Michigan area. And she asks this, and this, this ought to be really interesting. She says, when should individuals be sat down from serving in a church? Hmm. So let's start there.
1: Well, there's a lot to be said about that, and I want to approach this from different perspectives, if you allow me to. Okay. Um, Sure. um, When, first of all, serving in the church is a part of our worship.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, It's a part of worship. um, Paid positions are... Are not mm. paid positions are in the church, they are part of the church's ministry to the people. Okay. But serving on a post is a part of our worship. So we have to divide the worship from the work. And wow. you say, Pastor, what do you get there from um, serving as part of worship? Jesus said, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. That's what Jesus told the devil. So mm-hmm. many times when Satan wants to destroy a person, he will get. He will. He will, um, He will either uh, attack them at the point of their weakness, a point of their wariness, a point of where they're wounded, or a point of where there's there's undealt with wickedness, weakness, wow. wariness, woundedness, wickedness. He will attack them in one of those areas, and then he will hope that um, the leadership of the church will assist him in destroying the person by removing them from worship from from the, their worship okay so now and I'm, I want to I want to develop this because some people already will say oh, well I disagree already well hear me out okay so we need it needs to it, it then there needs to be a, a a standard set up whereby everyone that serves in the house of God if is their worship they have a code of conduct okay mm-hmm. like an NCC our thing was um you have you cannot be um sexually um uh out there that's a term you, you cannot be in sexual sin in known sexual sin you cannot be you cannot uh, uh, back in the day before I started teaching grace you couldn't even smoke cigarettes oh wow oh no and serve in the church <laughs> and so what was happening to us was we had a, our service criteria was so high that people weren't they weren't worshipping with service they were worshipping in church but they couldn't serve wow and so when I started teaching grace I realized that what I need to do was allow people as long as they were being honest with where they were and they want mocking the lord okay now we, we we our thing was you cannot you could not be on on the sexual prowl you can be a pervert you can be promiscuous um we wanted you to to um to um make a commitment to sexual purity mm-hmm. um as a part of your worship to the lord we, we require that present your body a living sacrifice um and and if you had uh, any if you are uh, being challenged in the area come talk to us and from a position of of um of ministry, will minister to you without penalty. There'll be no no um jeopardy attached to that. Mm-hmm. I think you set up you set a person down in when they from serving in church, Gerard. When they have have um committed or they have bought into a lifestyle that's contrary to the to the the gospel. In other words, um, we had and I had one situation where I had a brother sleeping his way through the church, and I had to stop and say, No, 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 you no, we're not gonna, you can't do that. And so we we took we told him, you you sit down, and then we had to we but you can't just sit him down. We had to commit. I had to um commit to him to a restoration process, and we had to ask him to commit to it. Yeah. Um, you have to understand all, that when people misbehave. When they are involved in in sin, it it it's it's um a part of their their narrative. In other words, it's a part of a story that they tell themselves. It's a lie that they believe, that they that they bought into, and they need to be delivered. They need to be delivered. The man who was um the the um the Gadarene the, the demoniac who had all these devils in him, the legion of devils, the Bible says that Jesus delivered him first, and then he sent him to minister to the um. The area or the region they call the capital is the 10 city region. And yeah. so um, we see there a pattern that we have. It's the church's responsibility to get the person delivered and then dispatch them to service. If you don't have the capacity to deliver a person. Or, or in other words, um, the church is responsible for being connected to the Lord enough doctrinally and prayerfully where we could get people delivered. Right. Where, where we don't just sit them down and say that's the end of the story no we, we sit them down to get them delivered delivered it sh- it shouldn't be because we can't, what we cannot do is have the person believe in Gerard that um this whole gospel is about behavior modification it's not about behavior modification mm-hmm. it's it's about soul transformation right. what it means is is that the goal the end game of 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 um the gospel the end game of 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 your connection to Christ is not so that you can uh, change the, the things you do, make better decisions. No, it's become a it's become a, a different person. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I, yeah. I, in other words, um, the, the Bible says that we bear fruit as a branch on the tree. We bear fruit. In other words, we don't manufacture the fruit; we bear it. Right. The fruit of the Spirit in us is love, joy, peace. Um, Long suffering, goodness, gentleness, meekness, um, temperance, faith. Um, um, it's, it's, um, this is the fruit of that the Holy Spirit produces through us. This is not us working and trying to be better people. Right. So, matter of fact, sometimes, matter of fact, the Bible did not call us, watch this now, we are called unto good works. The good works are the works that God has ordained for us. In other words, the, we work because we're saved. We don't work to be saved. Um, we do good works because of the work that's being done in us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We don't do good works so that he could work in us. We serve right. in church beca- on, under, the, under, the, um, on, under the privilege or under the, the, um, the pleasure of the Lord. And so yeah. if, if every person that's that in church, y- let me say it like this. If we sit down, every person that struggles will nobody be qualified to save it to, to serve in church. Right. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there's right. some sins that, that there are some sins that, that will bring shame to the name of the Lord. And so if a person like I had an elder one time that was in the community um frequency crack houses, well we sat him down for a year. Mm. And I didn't sit him down, he wasn't sat down so um to punish him. He was sat down to get clean. Sure. And and when he and we sat him down um, because we got called sinners were calling the church saying man yo um you have an elder over over here in the crack house sinners were calling the church pastor wow. come get your elder okay wow and so because it was in a community like that what we did we sat him down and I did it publicly and he submitted to it but when it was time to restore him I restored him publicly as well wow. So that, so because, and and we have to understand. I would say to, I think it was Sister Tracy to ask a question. I would say to her that we that we set a person down when it is for their good. We don't do it for the ministry to save face. Mm-hmm. That's not the purpose of it. We do, we do because if the criteria for serving in the church is you have to have attained to a certain level of protection and um, perfection or maturity, then nobody's qualified to serve. Right. You know, I mean, we can't. You know, I, I, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna say this. In some instances, Gerard, what I found is that there's some people, especially the ones who are worshipers, yeah, who need to be still allowed to worship, although they're struggling. Yes, Pastor. Where you get that from? The the woman that poured the, the, the uh that broke the alabaster box and poured, poured the, the spike nerd in Jesus. Mm-hmm. That the Pharisees said she was a sinner. They were talking about what they knew. And sometimes, I'm, I'm not, and this is not in any way giving a person permission to to remain in the sin and then then demand the right to serve. No, this is for the people who are are in the process of sanctification and find themselves in, in, up against a, a a demon or up against a, a, a addiction or up against something that they can't handle on their own. And and sometimes a person will say, Pastor, I need to sit down. I need the, I need the time. I need the clarity. I need the focus to get free. And, and then we have to honor that the, the ministry can't say well we need you to serve no if the person wow. is telling you that they need the time you need to give it to them wow so that's a different the different um, side of it but I, I hope I answered that clearly and, and thoroughly um, uh, there will be questions there will be comments and I welcome them all <laughs> um, your opinions won't matter I, give me chapter and verse yeah <laughs> be, because yeah, I, I'm sorry go ahead no, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was saying because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the Lord knew who we were when he called us. Right. You know, Men and, and look at the disciples. Look at the example. Jesus called the disciples. He sent them. Uh, he, he gave them. He gave them the power to cast out devils and to heal the sick and to preach the gospel. He gave them the power. Notice he didn't give them deliverance first. Wow because even even into Galatians chapter 2 Peter was still struggling with hypocrisy and, 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 his, um, and his prejudice against the Gentiles. true but his shadow was healing people. Wow and the Lord didn't sit him down. Wow you know I think I think we we need to we need to um, look at the look at the Bible and and, and, look, and understand the heart of God as it relates to what he wants for his people. You know, and there's no one in the church that that's um that can claim to be that. Uh, uh, the scriptures in the Bible that says, "Who can say I've made my, myself pure? Who can say right. I've have cleansed myself from sin? Nobody. Nobody. We are we have been given the grace and mercy of God. The Lord has given us the Lord has given us tremendous grace, tremendous mercy, and we don't frustrate that grace. We don't ignore it. We serve Him with it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: By by, is it uh, the Apostle Paul says, um, but I am what I am by the grace of God yeah so yeah no this is this is
0: good and i i I hearken regularly to kind of my upbringing because i just remember growing up with that horrible fear of being sat down like it was just oh god it was it was punishment on top of punishment i mean and and what i always thought was kind of cruel about the way it was done in in the church that i grew up in was in being sat down you could not serve you had to attend every service Mm -hmm. you could not participate in the service right um so you know worship would be going on spirit would be behind you just have to sit there like like a a bottle of soda being shaken up without the the top being taken off you just sat there that's not even right
1: man and that's that's, it's not that's craziness
0: And then on top of that, when you had served your proverbial sentence, you then had to get up in front of the church and apologize for bringing shame to the church. Yeah. Which, you know, again, what it taught me was, hey, you don't want to sin because you don't want to get embarrassed like that. Right. You know, Um, and again, a lot of it, to your point, was saving face for the church and there was never and I and I honestly I, I liken it to what happens with our current criminal justice system where you put people in jail with no plan for rehabilitation. Right. You know, um, so to sit somebody down without a mapped out clear path to say, here's how we want to work on whatever issue this is. Uh, that you're dealing with is unfair to everybody involved. So I agree. Th- this is this is actually very freeing and I hope that the And 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 I understand and you do too that there are going to be people who will mortally disagree with this because they feel as though there must be some sort of, you know, punitive punishment. Right. Um but the reality of it is a lot of us don't really get to experience just how much of who we are Rides on God's grace Until we've seen God work through us While we were messed up Right You know, you know like, your, Because
1: Yeah go ahead I want to I say something You know I think One of the things that Just listening to you Spark this in my heart is, is that I think pastors And leaders in the church needs to, They need to study the, the doctrine and It's not a doctrine It's the gospel the new yeah. covenant is a covenant of grace. Yes. And we need to understand more about it. Um, and one of the things that we need to do, and this is a very pragmatic thing that I'm about to say, is once we entrust people to serve in our churches, we have a responsibility to them to continually not just teach them more than we teach those that are uh, the, uh, the parishioners. But we have a m- mentality to continually check on their deliverance. Wow! Check on their spiritual state. Check on their development. We have to make sure that the, because the enemy is going to attack the ones that help you. Right. Because if, wow. if if all the enemy has to do for the building to fall is kick the pillars out. He kicked the pillars out. The building's going to fall. So he's going to wow. attack the people that you depend on. He's going to attack your prayer leader, your worship leader, your your elders, your deacons. He's going to attack uh, um your your administrators. He's going to attack them. So that it's our job to call to. Corral them together, make sure they're rested, make sure that they're responding properly to their spiritual tests, make sure that they're resisting the devil in the area of temptation and addictions, make sure that that sexually, that they're not struggling, that their marriages are healthy, and, and we do this by continually pouring into them apart from the congregation. But what we do is we don't do that. We will lean on them. We will work them. And we will, we will, we will drain their faith. We will ride the train of their faithfulness and drain them down to nothing. Mm -hmm. And then when they fail, we throw them away.
0: Right. Right.
1: Or we set them down. Or we tell people they weren't good people when they were good people before they started serving. Right. But the the service drains them. And so I so think, I think that we need to be more aware. You know, Gerard, what the church is guilty of? And I'm passionate about this. You can hear my passion. The church is guilty of not giving, of, of, of act, treating the devil like he doesn't exist right. un, until it's convenient for us. Right. So what we'll say is a person is jacked up and that person is no good and, and not even acknowledge that they're just under attack like everybody else. Sure um um sure. no i i i'm i'm not a i'm not up a point for sitting people down now i'm gonna tell you what if a person the one sin or the one experience that i think that believers go through that should be really really guarded against and challenged is when a person embraces a spirit of offense to the uh to the point where it becomes witchcraft wow where 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 they are so offended that they become toxic and bitter and 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 um Divisive, um, and let me let me. Say, I'm gonna share this real quickly because I I I started it. So let me just deal with it in the yes. church, right? Th- th- there's a word. Th- there are two words we hear a lot of. The words um that we hear the word um heresy and mm-hmm. the word and the word division. Now, and people don't know that they're they're two sides of the same coin. They're actually the same thing at different stages. Wow. So what a heresy really is is not a false teaching. A heresy is is a false or, or, or um, inferior belief being held by a, a, a group of people within a circle. So you have a circle that believes a certain thing, a, 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 con- a congregation, so to speak, and then you have a circle of people within the congregation that believe completely different. And and they f- they not only believe it, but they but they try to now um contaminate the rest of the com- the congregation of the community with their little strange opinion. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the, um, it, it, it's called a heresy when they, when their difference of opinion is held and protected, but they won't leave. They'll stay there and they will they will fight against the vision. They'll fight against the leadership. They'll fight against whatever you do with their little opinion. It becomes now a schism or a division when now they take a group of them and they leave. To, to punch out a hole and start another church Or start another denomination Or they leave so they could, they could Fully express their heresy Among them All denominations were started like that Every Single one Stay tuned
0: for more of today's teaching With Pastor Hart Ramsey Imagine being filled With a peace so deep That the world around you can't touch it Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through
1: Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to, you have to trust that God is like a person, He's a real person, and that He's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your
0: relationship with God is based on on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. It Is So! It Is So! It Is So! Come on, all over the place, lift it so. It Is So! Pick up the chart topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. And it, it's it's so interesting because not only did that happen, but I think we see a lot of pastors popping up from it. I think we see a lot of people who have decided to come together based on whatever their emphasis is, right. whether that be you know. We're we're a strictly worship church, you yeah. know. We're a church where we just believe in being spirit filled. We're a church where we, you know, don't want any demonstration of the spirit. Or we're a church for those of us who are African American, those of us who are LGBTQ. Like right. we, like right. there are all of these things that pop up
1: because. Wow, that's, but Jordan, but so... let, let me let me add something to that that's interesting. In some of these things yeah. you mentioned, like we are strictly worship church, or we're strictly um, word of faith we we believe in tongues. Right. The thing, mm-hmm. the thing in and of itself doesn't necessarily have to be bad. Certainly, some of the things are are, are sins that people are trying to normalize. But some of those things sure. are good things sure. that are from the spirit of God. What makes it evil is the fact that they take it. And make it a point of contention, a point of division, and they and they exalt right. it up, up above the value of the entire body. Wow, that's what makes it. That's what makes it wrong. That's what makes it. That's what gives Satan access. And so that I was, I brought it up to say that if you have a person who is given to that thing and will not, yes, not only will you sit them down, but I would But if they don't want to repent of it, I would, I would suggest that you ask him to find somewhere else to worship.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah,
1: I mean that has to be rep- be repented of, because that's a yes. s- it's a stubbornness, it, uh, it's a rebellion. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Satan uses rebellion as an open door to come into a situation, uh, even a good situation, and turn it bad. And if if and stubbornness is when I when I, um, deify or I worship my decision to the point where I refuse to relent from it, so now Satan could continue to perpetuate his witchcraft through my stubbornness.
0: This is so good. This is so good. Well, believe it or not, she has a second question. <laughs> oh, let's go for it. And and that second question is this: It says, should church leaders blackball members of their church?
1: <laughs> I, I don't believe. In I don't believe in that. Yeah. I, 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 now, I want to address what I think they should do, but let me address the term "blackball" first. I think blackballing is a fear term. Okay. If a pastor or a church leader feel the need to blackball, quote-unquote, a person, that means it's a fear term. Now, what I think we're, we're responsible for, if a person poses a detriment to the church community or, or to the community at large or to the culture, I think at some point after much effort and much prayer for the person, yeah. it should be brought to the congregation. The Bible says, number one, that we should go to the person personally and privately. Speak mm-hmm. to them politely. Number two, if they don't receive it, then we, we um, two people come. Uh, uh, one person that, that speaks for the church, one person that's totally impartial, and they talk to the person, the person rejects that. Then it's brought before the whole church. If the person refused to attend, then we say, listen, we gave them the opportunity to be here, to right. speak on their own behalf. They chose not to, so this is what we're going to say. This is what happened. And, and uh, unfortunately, sometimes we get there. I hate when that happens because it's such a stressful thing, but sometimes it's necessary. Yeah. but to say that we are blackborn a person to, that, that to me that that is that term alone is not a biblical term it's not something that God wants um now Paul did say openly Alexander the coppersmith has done me much evil beware mm. of him and sometimes wow. you have to have people if, 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 if I'm, act, out, I'm acting out of control and if I'm going like I'm you a good example this is gonna help you so some years ago um I found out in our church this was like maybe about 20. Uh, is it was 20 years. No, it wasn't 20 years ago. It was about 19 years ago, in our church, I will say 18, 19 years ago, there was a young man in our church, and he was an African brother. He had come to uh, the United States to go to school, and and he was, uh, you know, well-to-do, I guess, in terms mm-hmm. of just the way he carried himself and stuff. And and he was, he was in a circle of friends, and, and he was actually sleeping with three friends. Wow. They, are, and they were all members of the church, and so the one friend found out because she thought that she was dating him found out he was sleeping with, with one of the other friends and so when she kind of called him on it it came out that he was actually sleeping with the third friend and so when it got to me I found out that he was not only was he sleeping with these three sisters but he was hitting on others oh boy so I pulled the brother aside I said hey, I'm going to tell you something right now I said if you don't fix this I said I'm going to call you out before the congregation mm. straight up I'm going to do a player alert. I'm going to tell them, ladies, watch out for this guy. He he's not he's he's, he's flim flaming. He's running games, and and so the brother he denied it. The sisters confirmed it, but he denied it. He left, and I never saw him again. Well, wow. well, people say. Well, uh, I told my leaders about it. I didn't tell the whole church about it, but I told my leaders and the the ladies who he was around. I called them in one by one to make sure that they understood what he was up to. Did I blackball right. him? No. I exposed him. Reluctantly, I had to. Yeah. Now I didn't. I didn't put him up. My social media was pretty um, unheard of back then. Uh, yeah. But I didn't. I didn't. I didn't write no letter to the congregation. I didn't get up in the pulpit. It was unnecessary. Right. And it, and I think if, by the time a pastor starts talking about it, I'm a black ball you stuff, man. You you don't know what spirit you of. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know I. I It's funny because it reminds me of what I think in other industries we have the responsibility to do. And that is, you know, I know I will have people over time who will come and ask me, hey, do you know so-and-so? What's your opinion about them? And, you know, I, I believe that part of the reason that they come to me or to you is because they trust our reputation. And, they, you know, we've built up enough cachet with people where they will trust what we have to say. And so then it becomes our responsibility um, to, to be just that, responsible, right? So I would never want to knowingly allow people to walk into a bad business deal or to deal with someone who is not reputable, etc. cetera. Vice versa, if someone is great and glowing, I have no problem giving them a good review. But I don't think our jobs, to your point, Or to just willingly, you know, if we have a bad experience with a person, spread that to the whole world. You know, like, I think reputations are built over uh, patterns of behavior as opposed to one-off. And I think sometimes what can happen, certainly in leadership positions and things, you know, when people get hurt all of a sudden, now they want to make sure. it's, it's, It's funny. It's like we've seen with... Oh, I have to be careful with that. It's like it's like we've seen in certain scenarios. If you've ever seen somebody who's been hurt when they've been hurt, you know, sometimes they'll take the the thought process of I don't want anybody else to be hurt. So I'm now going and telling the whole world about this. Right. And the motive to that is what has to ultimately be questioned, because there's a way to go about doing it without, you know, being. Uh, detrimental. And then there are other folks, like we said, who just are out to cause hurt and to cause pain. So let me ask this question, because I I think what happens sometimes is there are people in church who have been blackballed. There are people in church um, and, you know, in in Christian circles whose names have been smeared Hmm. uh, for wrong reasons. And we all know of people in this scenario what should a person do in an attempt to rebuild their reputation when they have been wrongfully
1: smeared? The only person who can give us back repute is the Lord. Wow. Um, take, if someone has been improperly smeared, you've been blackballed, you, you pull the fight out of the natural realm and you take it into the spiritual realm. The one thing about the Lord that the Bible says is that God deals with hearts. Yes. Uh, in the Book of Proverbs, He even said that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. And if the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and He could turn it as as He turns the water courses, what about what about people? As far as far as God is concerned, the king re- represents the cream of the crop. Right. So what if if God could if God could influence the cream, what about what can He do for the crop? And so take it out of the natural realm. You have to forgive the people, you have to pray for them. That's a difficult thing. I'm not saying you have to feel good about them. I'm saying you have to forgive them. You have to you have to walk away from the words they said about you and realize that they don't have the power to destroy you. They did not create you, they can't destroy you.
0: Hmm.
1: They did not create you, they cannot destroy you. And so you have to you have to, that has to be a testimony. They cannot destroy you. When I first started this church, there's a pastor who had an issue with me. Because he, he felt threatened by my presence in the area and so what he went about doing is, is speaking ill of me to everybody he met to the point where he got one world renowned pastor to get on, on um te- on his television television show and call me names and talk me down wow and that church would show that um um that broadcast every year around the same time to tear me down wow and wow. and he would tell his people um he's blackballed me but my church Eventually grew monstrously. I mean, to the point where, as a matter of fact, what he would do is he he would blackball me, and when my church would not grow, he would tell them his church is not growing because God is not with him. But then, as I as I kept my faith in God and continued to to um be made whole and delivered from the pain of what they did to me, then the church started to grow. As I began to teach a healthy doctrine and and just not focus on the, anything they were saying, my church grew so fast. and then he, he flipped his conversation and started saying. Um, his church has grown too fast. Only cults grow that fast. Because because you oh, they, can nobody curse what the Lord is blessing. That's the bottom right. line. God is not a man that he should like. If God says it, it's going it's going to happen. And if you if God has blessed you, can nobody curse you? Right. A blackballing is a curse. You can't curse me. I don't care if you don't like me. You don't have to like me, but you can't you can't curse me. You don't have to support me, That's but you right. can't curse That's me. Right. Okay, you, you don't have to endorse me, but you can't curse me. <laughs> Wow. Bottom line,
0: yeah. no, th- that's that's super necessary because again, I think for a lot of us, you know, we put so much uh, so much clout into people's opinions of us. You know, whether it is uh, a person that we highly admire or a person who we think is incredibly influential. You know, we put a lot of stock in that, and so if those people begin to hear poor things about us or they begin to say poor things about us, we tend to think. It's over, you know, uh, and that there is no, you know, coming back from that. But it is it is incredibly comforting to know that uh, certainly God is the one who will who will care for that. So let, let me flip this really quickly and ask, what would you say to leaders who have been guilty of uh, either sitting people down for you know, the wrong reasons or for blackballing members of their church. What would you say to them in an attempt to help them switch their approach?
1: Um, I think that every leader that has set a person down, what's well, say every, but I say most leaders who sit a person down, they do it for cause. And and many believe that they are defending um, the name of the Lord. They're defending the reputation of the gospel in their lo- local um, community. Um, some are doing it uh, to protect their congregations. And I think um, what we need to, to do is to, I'll suggest to every leader, especially the ones who could admit that they kind of went out of bounds and took it over the top and they've kind of really um, allowed themselves to get down and dirty in some kind of wall of words. They need to repent of that. They need to, they need to first talk to the congregation and say, you know what? I said so-and-so about this person, I should not have done it. The proper thing I should have done was so-and-so, and I did it because the person, you know what the person did, and I took it personally, or whatever. I think it's, you 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 will rebuild credibility with your congregation by owning that you didn't do it right. Number two, you talk to the person, and and you apologize to them, if, if, it, if it's necessary. If, if it's a thing that's happened years ago, and it's, it's kind of resolved itself, or worked, its, its way, worked itself out, then, If you feel like leaving it alone is the best thing, that's between you and God. But I would say, man, that it it makes a leader look bad when we feel the need to have to blackball a person. Man, listen, I I mean, I have a rule. If if you wrong me or you hurt me badly enough, I take the opposite approach. I do not speak your name ever again in the church. I do not. I, if, even when I make reference to, to you, um, uh, I do not speak your name without permission. Wow. I do not speak your name before the congregation. I will not speak your name to blackball you. I will not speak your I just do that. Now, um, and, and some people who have, have so um, traumatized a church or traumatized an area in the church that they become the example of what not to do. And That's unfortunate. But right. even in a situation like that I will minimize the use of their name Even when it's brought up Yeah I think I think that's something that's I would suggest to leaders If a person hurt you so bad Practice not even mentioning their name You call their name before God You pray for them But you don't speak their name to people Because most times If your heart is not healed from what they did to you It will come out negatively And God will not hold uh, you accountable For what people say about you But he will hold you accountable For what you say about them
0: that's good.
1: Yeah. And wow, it's, 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 it's a part of a pastoral discipline.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's good and it's necessary because it's one of those things where, you know, the more you speak someone's name or you talk about a situation, the more press you ultimately give to it. And um, it's one of those things where the less you talk about something, the less it is in the forefront of people's minds. Right. And eventually, you know, I think people forget this, that there are hopefully if, if what you're doing is growing, there are always new people being attracted to what you do. And those new people tend to not know the history of what was going on. So, mentioning and, and revisiting and reliving certain things um, really only piques people's curiosity for something that they knew nothing about. Right. You know? Um, and so, it is in our best interest to make sure that when people hurt us or when, you know, that type of thing happens, yeah, let it go. You know, deal with it in your own personal space but but even with that you know work as you've said before work to a space of wholeness so that that particular thing doesn't sting and doesn't define you anymore and then it's not an issue and then it certainly becomes easier not to mention it if you're not mentioning it
1: <laughs> on right.
0: your own and in your own circles that's for sure so guys wow i, I love when we hear from the listeners you guys always have amazing questions so shout out to you Tracy uh, for your great questions and your great topics for today if you guys have topics of conversation that you'd like for us to discuss you can always reach out to us on social media using the hashtag heart to heart that's h-a-r-t the number two h-e-a-r-t or the hashtag on course or reach either of us on social media and uh, let us know what you'd like for us to talk about we love having those kinds of discussions and certainly we want to hear what you've learned from today's session as well and so you can do that uh, via social media using those hashtags heart to heart and on course now be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend tell a loved one as well and we'll continue to get on course with heart ramsey